as is customary for a Monday, David Shapiro, Portfolio Manager at Sasfin Securities. David, I was browsing some darts on Bloomberg this morning. Foreigners yet again net sellers of SA equities in the first two trading weeks of this year. I spoke to Marius Stradom on Friday. He heads a research house based in Selimbosch. He was telling me that foreigners make up the majority of the marginal buyers on the local bars. How is this the case if the JSC All Share Index is up 3% this year, despite these foreigners being net sellers, supposedly? Uh, Justin, I can't justify it. You know, I can't understand it because I was looking through the market this morning and I see quite a few retailers up. And when I analyze the news, and I've been going through a lot of stories lately. I mean, as people start to readjust their outlook on the global economy, um, there are a lot of unknowns that we're going to have to tussle with. No one can give us the answers. There's, a, there's the bulls, the bears, the people in between that. And all of these are from major houses. So when I work that through to the South African market, I'm saying, how come we are as positive as we are? We've got a rand at 1540, yet so many commentators, economists and, and analysts are saying that with the, the number of rate rises that we're likely to see in the U.S., we're, you know, we're going to see a, um, you're likely to see the RAND coming under pressure, but yet the RAND remains resolute and very strong. So I think this is going to take a bit of time. It could be local buyers. It could be local money that is finding its way into the market rather than uh, the foreigners. But it's there, it's broad, and it's, uh, and it's day after day. So, yeah, you're right to question it, but uh, you know, don't jump to conclusions. Let this run its course. On to one of the big heavyweights on the local bars, Naspis. They had a big jump around midweek of 9% on one of the trading days. I struggled to pencil down those exact reasons. I was looking at 10 cents share price movements, which is relatively stable over the last 10 days or so. What do you know that I don't, David? No, I don't. You know more than I do. I, I, again, I think it's uh, we're looking at China. Uh, there might be things that are working in our favor. Uh, in the sense that uh, they are starting to loosen monetary uh, control. They, they, they reduced interest rates today. And I think there is a belief that um, they will start to push up growth um, in, in various areas. I think it might come in the infrastructure side. It might come on the construction side, consumer side, not on the tech side. So I still think we've got some obstacles to, to get through. I don't think they're going to let off on the regulatory side. How do we translate it? There might be other factors that are coming into play in the relationship between Tencent, Naspers, and uh, sorry, Process, Naspers, and and Tencent. You know that are that's kind of uh, pushing up the share price. Um, it, it's going to be interesting if Tencent can continue to work its way through the troubles that it had. Yeah, we might see a better a better uh, performance in that. But you know, Justin, it's. Sometimes it's just the answers are not there. And, and I think, to be fair, we're, I'm certainly going through um, that kind of exercise at the moment and say, don't jump to conclusions, don't do anything drastic, just let the data work its way through the system and then we'll decide. Because I think there's, there's a lot of juggling we have to do. I, I just want to say one thing. I just hope this is not a 2018, you know, which was a non-year. Remember, when, when they started to tighten before covid and uh, we had an awful year as, as the market started to battle its way with higher interest rates. So I'm just hoping that 
you know, we haven't got the trade wars or the Trump trade wars and all those issues um, that did bring down corporate profits uh, in that year. So um, hopefully, you know, we can we can actually make 2022 a decent year, but uh, a lot of work to be done. Staying of the theme of China and data, China's GDP growth for 2021 came out at 8.1%, slightly above consensus estimates, slowest in years, but far from this economic derailment that many called last year. But long story short, David, can these numbers or this data that comes out of China be trusted? No, don't. I, I never look at the official data. That's why you have to look at the businesses themselves. And, and, and it's something that I hold for South Africa, I hold for the whole world. I, even now, as we go into the corporate earnings season in the U.S., read, the, you know, read what the companies say. You know, read their guidance, read how they're doing. And that's why I'm saying we have to, if you want to understand China, you have to go into the accounts as well. Or you have to look at Western companies and, you know, where, uh, uh, and, and, and they will tell you how they're performing. You know, BMW, for example, has had record sales in its electric uh, motor vehicles there. So, you know, these are factors that we have to start to understand. But if you're going to look at the official data, you're going to make no headway at all. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to understand what the real numbers are. So look at the earnings, look at the presentations from businesses that are doing uh, companies that are doing business in China, I think you'll get a very good feel of what the underlying demand is. Nike, you know, those kind of companies, LVMH, um, all of those businesses will let you know, um, you know uh, how they're doing Kentucky Fried Chicken. They'll tell you. And I think that's the way to read the, the market. There's an interesting article on the Wall Street Journal about US-based fund managers watching retail traders very closely, platforms such as Reddit and Twitter, where ideas and suggestions are floating around these days. We saw some crazy price movements in meme stocks last year. Yeah. Do you think retail traders are going to play an increasingly more important role in financial markets into the future? I hope so. I really hope so, because... Um, we tend to discount them. We tend to brush them aside as being ignoramuses, you know, or uh, not really. I think that uh, they actually do their homework a lot uh, greater than we actually do ourselves. And they pick up some great ideas because they talk to their friends and a lot of information seeps through. You know, we don't, it's not insider, but it's, I think it's informed knowledge. So I never dismiss what the street is saying. You know, what uh, Main Street is saying, if you want to call it that. I don't know how to refer to them. But I get, I mean, I, you, know, you know I run this competition. And I'm quite, it's this uh, crystal challenge. And it's remarkable what information comes through that I never even knew existed. And how people discuss certain stocks and that. So there's a lot of, um, you know, there is a lot of good quality people, you know, good quality uh, education out there that, that, that we can use. So I'm thrilled. I'm always thrilled, you know, when the private uh, individual comes through and starts to talk about stocks. You know, we used to have it around the ticker. Alec will remember, you know, where people used to go to the ticker because you never had online prices and they'd come into a broker's office or the stock exchange and they'd look through the Reuters machines and they'd sit around there talking. So you had this kind of community that would gather every day and it's, it's remarkable what they picked up. You know, I've got a friend at Goldfields. I've got a friend at this mine. He tells me this. So, yeah, I'm hoping that this is, uh, you know, that we're on to something now. Yeah. There's another really interesting article on the Wall Street Journal focused on the rise and fall of Kathy Wood. 
I've taken a quote from the article. Nearly all professional investors admit, at least in private, that success carries the seed of its own destruction. It's a lot easier to rack up giant gains with a small fund than with a big one. Why would this be the case? What advantages does a smaller fund have over a larger fund? I, I think because you're a lot more flexible. In other words, you can make movements a lot easier and you can accumulate small holdings in these businesses that make up a big part of your actual investment stand. You know, um, I find it in this way. I mean, I love to watch the market and I'm watching the bottom end of the market and I see what's going up, but I can't do that in the funds that I manage. And believe me, I'm no great fund manager. I don't have the billions flowing over here, but still you need to get a substantial number of these shares and you can't do it when you're, you know, when you've got uh, significant amounts of money under your control, like an Alan Gray or something, or if they do do it, or Coronation, it's so small that it doesn't move the needle. So she's much more uh, flexible.